One of the most common questions we get asked is, what do we use in our gardens as far as products? Well, we have an Amazon list below that if you go to, you can see all of the products that we use and like and recommend and you can buy them. And if you do, you support the podcast at no extra cost to you. So check out the link below for our Amazon store and help support the podcast and enjoy your gardens. Congratulations. You made it to part two of the Garden Marketing slash Buyers Beware show right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening as we learn to grow and grow for change. So if you're new to the show, this is part two of a we didn't think was going to be a mini series, but apparently it is. And it was just where we're talking about products that are being sold to gardeners that their marketing make promises or may give us ideas of stuff that may not actually be true. So the first one, we talked a lot about seeds and stuff like that. And this one, we're going to go into other products, but I just want you guys, if you haven't listened to it, you can go back and check it out. But in case you don't want to, or you don't have time, you can be caught up right here. Um, thank you so much for listening to us. So check out all of our links and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, just enjoy the show. Let us know if you've had any bad experiences. We'd love to hear that or anything that you've kind of noticed, because we're always keeping an eye out for that because we all work hard for money. And, you know, we want you to be an informed gardener. So thank you so much. And um, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and mash that play button. Actually, I'm going to get Leonard to mash that play button. So uh, enjoy y'all. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. Yeah, and so grow bags are interesting to me, too, because, one, I have not heard a lot of good things about grow bags, first of all. I've heard that people love them at first, and then by the end of the season, they're like, you know, it didn't work. It was just kind of a headache, this, that, and the other. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I've never really looked into them, but that was when I was like, hey, you see stuff like Photoshopped in. I have definitely seen on Amazon grow bags for sale with sweet potatoes Photoshopped in the bag. And some little kids mm. standing there smiling with them in their hand, you know. So I don't know the ins and outs of that, but I can see exactly where you come from because that's one of those products that comes with a hidden cost, which yeah. is that's the term. Yeah, Thank and you. that's a terrible thing when you get this grow bag. You're like, great, now I got to put forty dollars worth of soil in. Are you kidding me? You know, or something <laughs> like. I mean, how how big is your grow bag? My largest is twenty gallons. Twenty gallons of soil. Yeah, that's a I mean, that's a lot of soil. How many bags does it take to fill it up? You know, I haven't counted, but for sure, I'd say maybe like the 50 quart bags, like two of them. And so that's like pricing around me. If I use straight potting soil, which I don't always, but if I use straight potting soil, that's like more than $20 to fill up one bag. I do have some hacks 
when it comes to that to help some folks out if you want if you're interested in growing and growing now i went the other day and i saw they had gardening soil out um in front of the store for sale and um i noticed that it was 15 dollars a bag of soil now price has gone up Mm -hmm. so um there's that which is also a part of what we need to discuss as it relates to this episode right yeah this topic yeah i mean you know all of these things that we're talking about like it's it's scary because we go online and we want to you want to get a good deal and you want to be innovative and you want to be more productive and this is my argument and you can you can spit on me or whatever well you can't spit on me because that's just not good but you know what's so special about the grow bag like tell me like sell me the grow bag you know what i mean why should i buy Um, one so i I think yeah, I think a part of the selling feature for me is um, for container gardening, drainage is a real big issue, right? You really need to be conscious of if you're growing in some type of container, right? Making sure that that vegetable, that flower, whatever you're growing, that that water can drain out. And so based on the material that the grow bags are made out of, and there are a bunch of different companies that supply grow bags but based on that material it is basically breathable like it's built-in drainage right um and they come in varying sizes so you can scale up or scale down um like i mentioned you're not going to get five containers for twenty dollars like of that size anywhere in the stores um i have a whole you know there's a whole talking point around you know free containers but that's a different conversation um so that's it's an cost excellent conversation <laughs> yeah it's uh cost effective um i've left the grow bags out in chicago winters and unlike some of my other containers where i've had like the soil freeze thaw freeze thaw that leads to cracking yeah that doesn't right? happen i don't have that worry when it comes to grow bags um now there's some other sides to that when it comes to like if they're the best growing medium, which is really the key, right? And that's the piece when you say, I really haven't heard um, great things. As a quick example, because the same thing that makes them easy for drainage is the same thing that makes it hard for me to determine if that soil is really um, still moist or needs watering. Right. Right. I've, I've been growing grow bags for a number of years and I still struggle with that, especially as you get larger containers. So I'm looking up right now um, grow bags on Amazon and there's a picture of a lady with a uh, and her husband. Oh, my gosh, this is terrible. There's a bunch of pictures <laughs> and she's um, they're They're working in their grow bags. It looks like they have the whole gamut of grow bags and they're not doing anything mm-hmm. like he's half squatting down looking at his wife i'm assuming it's his wife and she actually has a pesticide sprayer spraying her looks to be her tomatoes with a smile on her face so it's really weird because like that's that's how you're marketing this to me but i mean you know as i go through and i look at it like here's one right here a a 10 gallon uh grow bag with a lemon tree in it with five full-grown lemons in it (laughs) okay like that's what you're and so and i mean look if you're buying something and you're like hey i want to buy you know a grow bag and you know not everybody is like super crazy knowledgeable about gardening which is completely understandable and just fine and you're just getting into the space and you see that you're going to be buying something that you might not need to buy so for me 
I don't think mm-hmm. a grow bag would do very good. I don't need more drainage. I need mm-hmm. to hold my moisture, right? But if I mm-hmm. didn't know any better, that could be an issue. Now that being said, look, I might maybe I'll go in grow bags next year and see what the hell is going on. You know, maybe I'll do that just to try it out. But I don't need that drainage. So, you know, and I'm looking in here and they have the ones with the um, potato grow bags. And they yeah. have like the perfect potato plant photoshopped in, and then they have the little trap door, and it looks like a little baby <laughs> sitting in a womb, just ready to be like pulled out. It's like the the cutest little potatoes sitting in there. So, you know, and I get what they're doing, but at the same time, like that's that's not how that rolls. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna open up and see straight dirt. Yeah, and I think that um, you know it's interesting. The advertisements are much are commonly flowers when it comes to some of these sites. Now they'll have spaces where they talk about, um, you know, growing other things, vegetables, tomatoes, potatoes, and all of those things. Um, but I think maybe it's because the flowers are so beautiful. Yeah. Right. So again, it's drawing me in. Right. You know, um, and it's like, look at how bountiful, you know, these potatoes are just falling out. They just can't wait to get into your kitchen and then into your belly. Right. Um, so absolutely. They, they're pouring it on thick. Um, and I think that similar to any container gardening, there's some considerations. So the quick tip, if you have a larger grow bag, because the it's, you know, 20 gallons is kind of hard to figure out like what that looks like 10 gallons 15 gallons whatever have you um but depending on where you're buying them they give you the measurements kind of how tall it is and then how wide it is and i say that to say like some of the things that we grow only need you know eight six eight ten inches of soil right and so you can basically with the materials roll them down so if you end up getting a 20 gallon grow bag and you're growing something in them that doesn't need 20 gallons of soil you can roll the just like you would roll anything down like you'd roll up your sleeves you can roll the bags down and that allows uh, you to use less soil plant at basically the um, top of the bag level once you've rolled it down and continue to grow in it. And it also allows you to repurpose it. I'm a fan of them only because I haven't figured out, I haven't ruled them out. Right. So, um, so yeah, I'm not necessarily recommending you go out and get them, but if you do grow in them and if you have some positive feedback on them, please do share. But for the purpose of this episode, I absolutely do believe that, you know, it's kind of feels like they're just going to sell you a, a garden in a bag, you know, you're going to look up and you're just going to have potatoes coming out of the yeah. space. Right? You didn't even plant potatoes. And I mean, the <laughs> thing is, is like some of these things don't grow well and stuff like that. Like you need to have, mm-hmm. you know, like potatoes, like you've grown potatoes in there. How many years now? Uh, two years. And how have they done in the grow two, bags? Uh, um, generally not well. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, but that's a lot that's though. More so the argument of growing potatoes in containers versus, um, you know, right, but that's what they're marketed as. So mm-hmm, we can have mm-hmm. that argument all you want. But when I looked up grow bags, there was a specific genre for potatoes. Yep. So, you know, it's kind of, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like mm-hmm. with um, transplanting certain vegetables and stuff like that. Like some of them just don't like to be transplanted and we just need to yep. learn to accept that. So you said there was a couple other on your list. I'm curious to see what you because I was all fired up about one, really. So I'm curious to see what else you got. <laughs> you ready to hear? Yeah, it? actually, I have another one, too. But go ahead. 
All right. So I, I really want to talk about starting seeds and the setup um, oh, yeah. that you need to start seeds indoors, right? Um, I want to talk about things like treatments, right? So the things that we're spraying, we're buying to spray to prevent um, you know, bug damage and things of that nature. Um, I also want to talk about, um, well, there's one more that I'll pause and I'll let you I know. I got one more too. So, right um, well, yeah, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about treatments. I'm interested about that one. How you go to that? Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, I've got solid proof, but I want to know what you think. Well, I think that, um, I think that one of the issues is that, and this is the part where you may hate me, not you, but you know, oh, and I know that there really, really, I don't hate there you. really isn't hate, but there could be some great disdain. I think that a part of being a home gardener, some, not all, and maybe not even many, but some people really want to be able to grow the thing that looks like it's in the grocery store. Yeah. People like, you know, there's this moment of WTF when I do have bugs, you know, when pests do attack. Right. And it's frustrating as hell. I have a whole cage built to try to avoid that. So I get it. Right. Um, I think that a part of the treatments that are sold, like the um, sprays and things that are sold commercially, I think it it really comes across as a, you know, this will save this plant. This will eradicate insert X, Y and Z, you know. And so I think that it can be um, misleading because there are certain conditions that create some of these pests. And in turn, um, it's not misleading because a lot of them tell you about the number of treatments. But when you see the first picture on the bottle, it's kind of like, you know, bug be gone. What's the one bug off? Yeah. You know? And that's not exactly how that thing works. Right. You know. And so I, I think that um, one, like I never hear people that are really positive around, you know, handpicking. You know, I think that we we come from a place where. You have a problem, you can apply, insert this, spray this, and then it's gone. You know, um, if, if even if you go back to think about, I saw a truck that rolled past this morning, pest control, you know, they come in and you expect them to spray, you know, based on some ants you have in your house and be done. And if you haven't, if you ever had any kind of pest management issues, um, it they normally build in like a second and potentially a third treatment. Yeah. Right. You know, but if you haven't experienced it, maybe you don't know it. Right. And so that same rule applies to your garden. Um, And this is, again, the reason why there may be some, you know, feedback around this is some of our expectations are misaligned when it comes to what's going to happen in our garden. And in some cases, you know, there will be loss. And in some cases, there just ain't a spray or a treatment to resolve it. What did I say about powdery mildew? Yeah. And I mean, look, you know, my favorite neem oil. I talk about it all the time, right? You're probably mm-hmm, tired of hearing mm-hmm. me talk about it. But if you go to Lowe's and you buy the Garden Safe brand, it, if you look, it says um, non-hydrophobic oil, okay? And you get it and it's nice and it's um, it's liquid already. So you just mm-hmm. you know shake it up and spray it. That actually doesn't do anything really to help fight the bugs that it advertises. So what I use, mm-hmm. what I use is, um, 
cold pressed neem oil, which if it's a below 70 degrees, it solidifies. So you actually have to warm it up. And then that is like pure neem oil. So as you look at these things and it's marketed to you, when you go buy the garden safe, it's got a picture. I mean, I just looked it up because I wanted to get the correct terminology. Um, it's got a picture of mites and stuff on it. And it's like, you know, it's saying like, hey, we're going to kill it. Um, but it really doesn't work. So this is the first year I used the cold press. And I mm-hmm. actually had like, it was like night and day, the amount that it did. It was cheaper. It lasted longer. And it was way more effective on getting rid of the bugs. So there's that. You know what I mean? And it's just these little things that you look at and you're like, and I mean, if you, if I was in the store and there was two side by side, I didn't know any better. I would for sure get the wrong one because Mm -hmm. it says it kills bugs. It's got the pictures of the bugs that I want dead. You know what I mean? So, you know, I don't, I don't know the right answer to it. It seems very hard. And, you know, you talk about the same thing, you know, bug be gone and all that stuff. It's the exact same thing. And it's, it's tough, but you need to know, like, and when I, I taught a class about cameras and stuff, and I, I told people, and I'll tell everybody this now, don't look at what's advertised to you. Like, go and look at the ingredients and figure out what ingredients are what and get knowledgeable about it. So when you go to buy a product, you know what you're buying. If you're going to buy something else, look at the specs of it. So you know, like, hey, this is what it is, because they're going to tell you best case scenarios and you know have you buying stuff based on what the perfect situation is and how it's going to work yeah. you know yeah battery life is one of those and i and i think that maybe um it's just not it's kind of like do you want to give an alternative solution when you're trying to sell a product because there are things where you know i know i'm going to say it um, there is a, a theory <laughs> and maybe even a little bit of science around some crop rotation will help uh, mediate some of the issues from year to right. year. And if that's the case, then instead of using that particular treatment year to year, you may be able to save yourself some time if you move where those crops are. And I recognize that, you know, the, the spray company, it really isn't their gig to tell you, oh, by the way, this is a preventative method. Right. But it kind of folds into the idea of them marketing and, and basically this is the, the solution to your problem. Well, it's a solution, not the right. only solution though. Right. And I mean, if you get, so like in the, and the reason why my neem oil is a headache is in the winter time. If I need to use it inside of my greenhouse, it becomes an issue because I need to have it warm up so it can become liquid. But then it'll also, if I put cold water in it, it'll solidify. Which brings Mm -hmm. me into another one, which is greenhouses. So, you know, the fabric greenhouses and stuff people have and -hmm. all that, you know, they're marketed as something that they are completely not. Even my greenhouse, it's marketed as something that it is not. And that is, it's marketed as a greenhouse. It is not a greenhouse. (laughs) It is a cold frame. So you need to be aware of that, you know, and I see a lot of people they go and I mean I was I was, I'm right there with you I was right there with you at one point you know the um we're gonna call it a greenhouse just because that's what it's called 
and it's the like the the rack and it's real small and it has a little roof on it. Yeah. And you put mm-hmm. on there a lot of people. Most times it's green. The fabric is yep. green fabric on the outside. Fabric is green yeah. on the outside. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people I see. They're like, oh, look, I, I just got this little greenhouse. I'm so excited. And then they get down to and they're like, hey, my greenhouse sucks. It killed everything. Everything died. Everything froze. Or better yet, everything cooked in it. So mm-hmm. it's something that we have to understand when you look at these things is they're not greenhouses. And just knowing what a greenhouse is and a cold frame is, is going to save you a lot of headache, time and money in the future. And you have a low tunnel, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you're right there in the, so, in the realm. Go ahead. Yeah. So th- a couple of things on that. Um, very often when people remember, we talked about people often say, what happens at the end of the year? And I'm like, oh, this shit dies. Yeah. No. Uh, and, and, in that same conversation, oftentimes they bring up, well, you know, why don't you have, why don't you get a greenhouse? And so I, I believe the assumption is greenhouse inserts growing anything all year long. Like those two are not directly related. Um, And I think that, you know, because of the expense, that's the reason why there aren't more people that have them. Um, But, I'm sure there are people that have purchased them and it's kind of like, well, I only have X more months of growing or I have to make these special trips. I mean, we've learned a lot from your cold frame sold as a greenhouse when it comes to when it functions and when it doesn't. Right. right? Um, and I want to be clear about mine. I love my quote unquote greenhouse, but I'm also using it like I'm supposed to use it. Mm-hmm. So I know when I got it, I knew what I was getting. And that's really important. So yeah. I was just looking right now. If you go to our favorite, you know, everybody's favorite Amazon all day long under a hundred bucks, you can get a, a quote unquote greenhouse. And they're the same things, just varying sizes. And, you know, there's people, I mean, these people right here, they have their greenhouse up and they have like bookshelf you know how they have the shelves in them and they have like the perfect Mm -hmm. potted plants growing and they say you can grow them all winter and they will flower all winter that's not true that is simply not true that is a bold-faced lie and you should be ashamed of yourself for putting it out there because you're stealing people's you're breaking people's hearts when they get that so there's so much there there so growing and then storing plants, right? Yes. So growing implies there will be new growth, whether it's a flower or a vegetable, versus this thing is, instead of bringing it into your house, as an example, instead of it dying, perhaps you can store it in this space. And if I go a step further, I'm not looking at the same website you're looking at, a lot of those spaces will not will not really do that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great example. Stupid. Um, so now I'm looking at, I'm looking at the thing he's, he's sharing now. It's um, a fucking so, orange yeah, tree. You bring... 
<laughs> so I should be able to come down to this thing that basically is like this little plastic and walk in and get oranges yeah. in, in February in Chicago. Um, so that actually is another point when it comes to now look at the outside temperature. Look at the, the leaves yeah. on the tree, though. So we're looking at an image that has, you know, all this greenhouse for the purpose of all these beautiful plants and the background. There's green grass. There are absolutely leaves on every tree, which tells me that the weather is mild. Yeah. Right. You know, so those plants are probably going to overheat in there. If anything, and I see aloe vera. Uh, I see tropical plants. You know, I see stuff that the second it gets cold, it's going to die because these things don't stay, but maybe a degree over. If not, I had one in New England that actually got colder in it than it did outside <laughs> because of the, I mean, because of the moisture that would hold in it, it would hold the moisture in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if we come over here, I'm just going to show you like a greenhouse greenhouse. I mean, yeah. you're talking a substantial difference, $5,000, but yeah. it's designed to do something specific. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, it's crazy, man. Yeah, I think that, um, and that's like an eight by 20, you know, it looks like, it doesn't look glass. It does look like it's some type of... Um, it's polycarbonate, um, which is very normal, yeah. and it's fine to have that. Um, that's yeah, what mine the is. there. So, and it's got a 10-year warranty on it, you know? Mm-hmm, so... Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think the reason why something like that... Um, so on one hand you have the, this thing will solve a singular problem, but on the other hand you have, this will solve all of your problems, right? right? You know? And so one of the things that for sure gardeners are is, um, resourceful, you know, that's one of the things I love about this community. And so, um, there are a lot of people that are going to take a lot of steps before they pay the five grand for the greenhouse, you know, that, that true greenhouse that you were showing just now. And I can appreciate that. Like we're going to rule out a bunch of things. It's no different than me with my low tunnels and, you know, year one, year two, I think this is year, I think this is year three, maybe where I'm coming into it and I'm still using plastic. Now I officially took out the um, windows. Remember the windows I told you my uncle gave me, I don't know how many years ago. I finally took them out of the garage and said, huh, I need to start figuring out where the sun's going to be because it's still not going to be a 2021 project. Um, But there's the promise of, you know, this is again, something that's more DIY, a promise of um, cold frames. Yeah. You know, let's be realistic. Chicago winter is still Chicago winter. If you're in any place that's not heated, you're going to take a lot of steps to continue to grow food in the wintertime. So, again, not storing food, grow food. Um, so at this stage, my my angle is just to, to store food. <laughs> so that, that's the goal. But um, I think that there is a whole bit about marketing from companies and we've covered a bunch of different companies here but there's a bit of marketing that happens from garden gardener to gardener whether it's in passing at your community garden whether it's on social media right so we can portray a thing as something that maybe is specific to my conditions or maybe it really isn't even right yeah no i agree with that i mean You know, it's, and we always get the question, what do you use in your garden? What do you use in your garden? And I mean, I know, you know, we, that's why we set up our Amazon list so that you had a safe place to go in order to buy products that we have used and tested, Um, which, 
by the way, support help support the podcast at no extra cost to you. So please check it out. Links below in the description. But um, you know, when you think about that, like, and you say, like, hey, what are you using? And then I tell you, well, I'm in zone eight. You're in zone yeah. What is it? Five, six. six. You're in zone six today. Today, today is yeah. six. Yeah. It might change. You know, it'll change in three times <laughs> this week. But so. <laughs> It doesn't make the same difference. Like if you're talking about, and let's go back to the greenhouse. Like my greenhouse works fine for me. It would suck for you mm-hmm. without some major yeah. renovations, you yeah. know? So, um, those are things to think about. And you brought up a good, and you know, I, I brought up the, the Amazon list and there's actually a specific reason why I made that list last year. And that was for, um, lights, Grow lights. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Wait, before you go to lights, I do want to comment a different way that a gardener can, you know, you know, mislead. Oh, yeah. And we've talked about this briefly. It's my collard greens. Great example of something that I grow in Chicago all summer long. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had someone that pointed out to me and it was a video where I talked about growing collards. And I'm pretty good about saying where I'm at. You know, and all like all of the videos that I do, not necessarily Instagram videos, but for sure on YouTube. But somehow I missed it in this video. And the person noted, right, you know, how about share your zone, share your where you're growing at. And since then, in every video, I actually leave, either say it or leave it like on screen. And it absolutely is true, specifically about something like collard greens, which I know and I've learned in recent years, it's not common to grow them in the summer. Right. So through what I do, I don't want to mislead someone that thinks they can plant transplant collards into the garden, you know, in Texas in June. Right. That ain't going to go well for you. Well, there's also a responsibility on the gardener's part to do their research as well. You you should not just listen to us or watch anything out there and be like, I'm going to do the same thing. Because that's not how that works. And so there is a responsibility on both sides, you know. I mean, as you know, you talk about your video. Yeah, it's a responsibility for you maybe to say where you are, but I don't think that you should be held to it. I think because there's enough stuff out there that says, and if somebody wants to grow collards, they can, you know, I think you should do your due diligence and be honestly, it's a responsible gardener and look up a collard plant profile and kind of just get a gist mm-hmm. of what it likes and doesn't like. Or you could listen to the You Should Grow This series where we highlighted them, but that's a different story. Absolutely. <laughs> so and before we move on from that, yeah. I could have pulled the video down and re-edited it, it to add in where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, or I could have left the video there as is, untouched. Or I could have modified the video description to give that additional detail. I chose the very last one, right? Left the video up, but did modify the description um, because it's something that someone pointed out that I didn't realize in the moment. And it's something that I could easily do. Um, But I do believe that there is this moment of a gardener, you know, being responsible you can really apply that to most anything we've talked about over the course of the episodes. Um, however, I do believe that I'm not um, I'm not presenting this to get people to grow collards in the heat of the summer in places that I know right. aren't going to do well. Right. It's really there's this level of intent. 
an intention. Right. right? Um, so, I mean, I think just using that as an example, you can apply this though. A great example is you're going to have somebody in Florida with tomato plants in their garden in November. Yeah. And then nobody else has business doing that except for maybe California. Yeah, exactly. You know? And that absolutely is the responsibility of the gardener to realize they shouldn't be going out there planting tomato plants. Yeah. I mean, you got a tomato you know, plant sitting Chicago. next to an orange tree, you, you know, or a mango tree or something. You should really start thinking like, maybe not, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, I get it. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's like in California, I know somebody, they have, um, they have an eggplant that's five years old now. It's just mm. always been there. It just keeps producing and producing. You know, if they get the freak cold, they'll they'll cover it or something like that. But just knowing that is, you know, totally different for me because it's like, yeah, I just cut down my last one. Like, mm-hmm. that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. So yeah. there is a responsibility on both parts. But if you're going to grow something, you don't need to be watching a video and being like, okay, I'm going to do exactly what they do. You need to kind of, I, and this is my opinion. Um, you should really go do your due diligence and say like, Hey, how does this thing grow? What can I learn from it? Because that's how you're going to become a better gardener. Really quick note. Um, I, for years and years grew in ground, no raised beds in the soil. And then I wanted to expand And the most obvious place for me was on my concrete patio. And so I spent a lot of time searching online to find not only someone that actually had raised beds without bottoms sitting on the concrete patio, but also was near my area. Right. So all in all, in theory, if someone's in California with a raised bed on a concrete patio on concrete, then one could argue it'd be successful for me. But because it was such a commitment, lumber, time, soil purchasing, like I wanted to be like these conditions are very much like mine. Right. So that was my responsibility, I felt, as a gardener versus trying it and then saying, well, for sake. Yeah. You know? um, so I definitely do take that seriously. Um, and some people will research things much more than you and I and some people won't. And I think that sometimes we strike, you know, a really happy medium when it comes to how much we give people, you know, as far as information. But I think, you know, we also have to rely on people aren't looking to carbon copy something. Yeah. You know, and, people and I mean, want to add their thing to it's it. It's the time of the how to video, you know, YouTube University mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. I've always used it I mean, hell, I remodeled a whole house based off of YouTube like 10 years ago, you know, when YouTube was Mm -hmm. just starting. So I get it. But I also would do like I would like get the video and I would research and I'm like, okay, now let me go check out some other place. I'd really just kind of understand it a little bit more. And that just helped me Mm -hmm. flourish more as a uh, as a person and a gardener and, you know, whatever else I'm doing. So you want to talk (laughs) about lights now? Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to lights because this one, this one was big for me. I spent a lot of time, and yeah. I mean, more than three years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's big for you. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I created that Amazon list was because you go and you look at lights and you look at different videos and this, that, and the other. And you know, I have used lights before. I've used little curly Q light bulbs, your your normal CFL bulbs. I've used, mm-hmm. you know great big led lights all kinds of stuff and the one thing you know i had a criteria i wanted to meet because i'm i'm no different than a lot of people listening you know especially if you're starting Mm -hmm. seeds i don't have a huge seed starting room 
You know, I don't have a mansion. I don't have a whole greenhouse set up for seed starting. So I wanted everything to be compact. And as a matter of fact, my seed starting station is in my living room. So when it's on at night and I'm watching TV, like it's distracting. And so mm-hmm. I needed to have it compact and I needed to have it a certain way. And so that was really how I lo- went into building my seed starting station and everything I use is on that list. But the lights were a big thing because I, um, when I lived in Massachusetts, I was able to grow marijuana and it's a different beast when it comes to the light that it needs. So that was what I was trained mm-hmm. to think. But then I started looking at videos and you got people with tomato seedlings with a light that's like eight feet above it. And then when they lower it to its lowest range, they're four feet above it, you know, starting seedlings because the light is so powerful. And I didn't want that. So and then you go online and you can see there's all these knockoffs on Amazon and stuff like that. So it's really a uh, because you use a different kind of light, too, don't you? Than I do. I use LED. Yeah, I use LED as well, but it's it's just a regular like shop light setup. Right. So I am repurposing your typical um, shop light, adding your regular LED bulb. Are you sure it's LED right? and it's not the tube bulbs? It's the tube bulb, but it's an LED versus fluorescent. Okay. You're not using fluorescent? No. Okay. Yeah. I'm certain of that. Um, and it's like, it's set at like, it's a daylight mm-hmm. um, setting. And, you know, they're the, the Kelvin ratings and all of that stuff. But I spent a lot of time with that. And it was, I want, I knew my setup would be a little bit larger than I would normally start, like if I was trying something new. And so I wanted to make sure that for the money I was going to spend, like it's an investment, right? That I was going to get something that was going to be effective. And for me, I actually, there are a lot of like, and, and we have some good ones recommended. There are a lot of things that are recommended that are only for like, these are grow lights in particular, you're only using them to grow. And I think that that's a good example of, um, you would hope that that's successful, right? And we have evidence that it does because those are the lights you use. Um, but there's also the, the alternatives. And that's the catchy part, the tricky part, though. And that goes back to um, how other people market things. So other people say, well, this is just fine, right? And they're not marketing it, you know, from a point of profit, but they're saying, you know, trust my judgment, they're just fine. And the reality is, um, there can be all other kinds of conditions that they're setting up to allow you to be able to, to be successful, I guess I'm trying to say. And the point is that um, it kind of goes back to just because it worked for a person or two people um, doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And this is my favorite piece when people suggest a thing and they've not even tried oh. it. Right. You know, so. Like there, I mean, there's again, there's the, you know, consumer to consumer marketing piece there. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, yeah. You know, have you tried people were like, have you tried X, Y and Z? And it's like, oh, no, I haven't. And if you go off and try that thing and it doesn't work for you, if you still have a link to that person, they was like, oh, yeah, I had heard that it worked. I hadn't tried it myself. Right. Um, I have someone that commented recently regarding the um, what are they called? The. The towers, the five tier towers, the green stock is the company and they have some like um, less expensive versions that the Dollar Tree was selling. And I'm, I've really been interested in this green stock. It's like this 
either three, five or six tier growing station. And I've been looking at it year over year and reading some of the reviews and someone commented on a video that I released recently and spoke about their green stalk planter. And I was like, hey, how do you like it? I've been thinking about it. And they were like, oh, I love it. You'll love it if you get it, you know. And so then I I paused and said to myself, you know, I still haven't decided if I'm going to go back and ask some of the questions about the concerns that people have had with Uh it. You know, like it's heavy to it's so heavy to move. Right. You know, it doesn't water evenly because of the way that the watering system is set up. Right. Um, And I love the idea of it. And it's marketed where similar to the grow bags, you have like flowers spilling out of it, you know? Um, and, but there's something that in my intuition that says, Hmm, these are still pretty small containers. Look at what seeds yeah. they recommend with them. Ah, uh, there it there is. There it is. Um, so I do want to say something since you brought up, um, and we're talking about this, I saw a YouTube video about a very, with a very famous YouTuber and he was talking about, um, there's your, your clue. He was talking about his seed starting station and recommending one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I'm your average person and I go to find out, I would go to look it up and it was a $500, you know, basic seed starting station. Like I know it was seven or 800 bucks. I think it was something insane amount of money that I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'll never need, you know, that's crazy. And it wasn't even that big. It was tiny. Now I built mine and at the time, you know, there's definitely been, you know, costs and stuff like that changed because of inflation. I definitely built mine for around, I think it was like 150 bucks. And that was the shelf, the lights, the fans, the heating mats, the whole nine. So, I mean, you know, and it's like you you have these people that are influencers that are influencing <laughs> the way that we purchase things and the products we look at. And it's crazy because it doesn't do anything but put you in the hole because you think that you need to grow with that. You know what I mean? And that's not that's- the case. That's so key, right? So you think you need to grow with that versus this is just another option and there are other options out there. And that speaks to the way that that person, that influencer is marketing this. Right. Right. You know, there are so many across genres, but including gardening, so many cost effective, low budget, you know, DIY, insert whatever you're trying to do. And then there's this higher scale thing. Right. So if I'm going to your channel and I see like this is the seven hundred dollar kit, this is my I think I fear these equally. One, you're like, I don't have that kind of money to spend on this. Or if I do, I don't want to spend that kind of money. So I'm not going to do it. Right. Uh So now you've deterred someone or two, you spend it and realize you could have gotten just as good as the results for a hundred bucks. You know. And I mean, look, it was pretty. It really was. But. It is so unrealistic to go out there and tell people that they need to go buy this $700 seed starting station. It's just, it's not fair. It's not fair to people mm-hmm. because it immediately, I mean, dude, even as an experienced person, I was like, well, I need that. You know, he's using that. I yeah. need that. And I pulled up this picture that you seem to be looking at um, of this light. And this is on Amazon again, of course, but it's a light and it's got, and a lot of people see they're like gooseneck grow lights where they have two that come Mm -hmm. up and they move around and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and they have a picture and they're growing full-blown flowers underneath it and it's fine it's on a tripod so it can go really high there's plants on tiers under it stuff like that 
and they say in the description it has a four, eight, or twelve hour timer with a remote control. Now, if you know anything about um, seed starting, and if you don't, that's fine. You're about to learn right now. You need to keep your lights on for sixteen hours a day. So the timer is doo doo right there off the bat. It doesn't work. <laughs> and then the second thing is. It takes a lot for a plant to actually flower, and these lights in general, and most of these lights are made to be literally inches from the top of your lights for them to grow. Yeah. So that's something to how a, think about. How about this? How about uh, there are no pictures on this particular setup that show you like a room where this is. So something like this, and I learned this lesson through a whole different adventure the way that that's set up, it's going to be a lot bulkier than you think, in my opinion. So you're not going to realize that it's going to, it's never going to fit conveniently in any corner of your house. Right. It's going to be awkward. Right. And they didn't show it inside of a room intentionally, I'm sure. Um, I learned that when I purchased within, like I was in person, it wasn't online. Um, I went and purchased a um, hammock, you know, it was like this metal setup. Uh-huh. Um, and it had this full on hammock that, you know, was like, I don't know, 500 pounds, you know, so plenty of like space to, to uh, you know, hold me and a partner. Like, you know, it was going to be sexy, baby. That's right. I got that thing to my house. And this is uh, one of the cases of I can I can figure it out. Like, you know, I loaded it in my the back of my truck and dragged it to the house and then got it set up. And that thing covered the entire top of my yep. deck. Like couldn't even walk around it. And again, that is that was my responsibility. Measurements were clearly put yeah. out there. Right. But that's a great. And this is so many years ago. That's a great example of you have this thing that you think will add to your experience will be great. And then you get it and it's kind of like, well, now on the box, it didn't look like anyone was cramped. You weren't bumping into it when you went to the, you know, came off the deck and went to the kitchen or back and forth. Like there's no way you're going to get a barbecue grill and this hammock there. Um, I, I pulled up. So transitioning, I pulled up, which may or may not be the same one you were referencing. It's a three tier sunlight garden. Um, and it is $649. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing about this setup, which has one, two, three, three shelves. There's nothing about this setup with the shelves and the lights that look anything different. I mean, it's it's black and it's like that matte black, which is nice, but it looks anything different than the wired shelving unit that I use. I can get a dollar fifty can of spray paint and spray it for, you know, black, you know, (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying like and the thing is, is um, how big is that one? Like the how long are the shelves? How long and how uh, wide? Let's see. It looks like it's uh, hard to tell. They measure fourteen wide, which is actually pretty small. Um, and how long? Oh well, listen. I'm just looking at it. Oh, right, here we go. Uh, Fifty-one inches long, fourteen wide, and then it's sixty-two inches, sixty-eight inches high. Yeah. So mine is about the same length, but it's almost. One and a half, one and a half times wider, so I can fit more mm-hmm. seeds on it for mm-hmm. a quarter of the price. And see, that's the thing that when you see these things, they're sexy, they're nice mm-hmm. looking, but it's just not worth it, man. And it puts people in such a deficit getting started. Like, you know, I mean, a lot of people starting a garden, it starts with a pot, and then you start putting in a bed or something. And some people, I mean, we've yeah. got some listeners that went in deep. 
right off the gate. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they're building all kinds of stuff and getting crazy and digging up their whole yards. But then if you do something like that, like that's just it takes away from everything else. You know what I mean? And this is an example of this is marketed specifically for this is a garden grow light system. You know, it, it has room for seedlings and houseplants. And right now it's a mixture of both. Right. It's sexy. If I hadn't looked at anything else, I would look at this and say, oh, that's what I need. You know, now I wouldn't have paid 649 for it, 649 U.S. dollars for it. So that would have stopped me, you know, but I would have been like, OK, this is the perfect setup. Yeah. And that's exactly the way it's supposed to be. Um, that's exactly the way that's marketed. Well, we're in know, a plug and exactly play society right here. now where people don't want, you know, I don't want to say everybody, but in general, I think people don't really want to get creative and like build something. You know what I mean? Like I took the time. When I bought my shelf and put my lights on there to make it nice and clean looking, tuck the wires away, you know, Mm -hmm. make it orderly, make it look presentable. You know, I mean, Kelly was like, oh, well, you know, the light comes out the front. So we took a uh, we went and bought a tablecloth with sunflowers on it and then we put that mm-hmm. and just tacked it up on front of it and then when I so I let it hang down and it at least diffuses the light if I got something black it would take it out completely but then it would just be like a big black box in the corner so this way it's yeah. better but you know you take that time and that's and a lot of gardeners already do this kind of stuff that's like it's just mm-hmm. second place like yeah I'll just figure it out you know but as some people don't they want to plug and play but you're going to pay for that And it's very unnecessary because the way I look at it, based on how I grow my food every year, for the price that you pay for yours, for not yours, but for that, I can build mine and then buy seeds for 15 years after that. (laughs) I can continue to buy seeds on the same price that it would be because I spend about between 20, I don't know, 15 years. Let me see. 600, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. For six years. Set, no, for 10 years, because I've spent about $50 a year on seeds. So this is what's he. I am in all of my dealings. I don't count other people's money. Right. Yeah. And so my measuring stick of 649, that's expensive. Mm-hmm. Right. Period. $649 is a lot of money. Insert to buy any, I guess maybe to buy a car. That's not a lot of money to buy a car. But anyway, um, so $649 to buy something that's either going to hold houseplants or that's going to like, it's, it's one step in this process. It's going to get you to the point of now you're going to plant things in the garden. I look at this and say, for those that want to spend the money, that's their business. Yeah. But the key is, the key is, are they really getting value? Is this a good product? Now, that's the piece. And so if I look and say, you know, based on the width and if I think about seed trays and if I think about how many plants you can actually get on this particular shelving unit. Right. You know, I look at things like, you know, there are descriptions that say um, watertight shelf trays. You know, and so I'm sure they're implying that, you know, you don't have to worry about water on the floor. You're going to get water on the freaking floor. It's going to happen. You know, like those pieces are those buzzwords that are like, yeah, okay, yeah. So my wire tray isn't watertight. You know, the shelves aren't, you know, but nothing's going to be. 
Right. Not to mention if you got water, if it's water tighter, you're going to be sitting, your plant's going to be sitting in water, which we know is an issue. Um, so again, I, I brought, pulled this site up on this call. It's not like I've researched this particular right. product a bit, but just glancing at it, you know, beyond even the price, excessive. I think that there are some problematic, problem, problematic things here. Well, and, I mean, um, and that's what, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's what this whole, um, this whole conversation is about, right? Yeah. Like they are marketing to a particular buyer. And the reality is that, um, this could probably, I, oh, you know how much I wonder now in this moment, how much this was two years ago? Yeah. Like how much the price has escalated as well. You know, I'm sure it was still hundreds of dollars, but, um, well, you know, I saw last week, um, I was looking for a product for our show and I looked at it, I found it, I waited a day and then I called Batavia and it had gone up $20 overnight. And mm-hmm. then I talked to somebody else and they had said the exact same thing. So, you know, the the inflation of prices is like actively coming out right now. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we really need to take into account. Now, I was going to say, I don't care how much money you have. It doesn't make sense to just throw money away. Okay. It it Agreed. just, it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. You know, I don't care if I had a million dollars or if I had $5, you know, it just, it doesn't make sense because like, I mean, the gravity of what I said earlier about all those years worth of seeds and building a mm-hmm. shelf for the same cost mm-hmm. of just buying a shelf pre-made is astronomical. I mean, it's crazy, you know, to think that way. And I mean, that's even adding. So you haven't even taken into account the, um, the amount of years afterwards that the leftover seeds will carry me through. So it's just it's crazy to think about that. But, you know, there's no reason to throw stuff away. And anytime you're buying a product, you really need to just look at it and say, like, hey, is this product going to get me what I want? You know, what is the product, you know, what are they advertising? What am I looking for? And what is the probability that it's going to happen that way? You know, and look at some reviews. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, actually, I was going to, gosh, get out of my head. Yes, ma'am. Um, I was looking at the reviews. There are 230 on this site and it looks like four and a half stars. Total, like that's the average. Yeah. And that's a pretty high, you know, highly reviewed. And so I typically will look at the poor reviews to see what those people are saying. And there's something that's kind of dark about me where it's like, if someone said something negative, that's, you know, maybe more in line with those that are saying all these positive things. Cause there's also that balance of, you know, people pay for reviews. You yeah. Know? So, I've seen it. So we um, had a, a bunch of products we bought come through and they were like, give us a five star review and we'll send you a $10 gift card. Mm-hmm. I happened to like one of the reviews that did the review, never got the gift card bastards there um for a, a housekeeping item there are absolutely moments where i cut ben off and ben cuts me <laughs> off then there are a bunch more moments where was it you and i talked about this like this is a thing that i do i'll be i'll go ahead and i'll say my spiel and so i'll get to the end but it, uh, there's no period in my <laughs> statement and so you can't tell that i'm at the end <laughs> is that what just happened that's exactly what just I had happened. a feeling you were done, but I wasn't sure. So I just jumped in. Yeah. That's the benefit of being able to see my yes. face. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I think we've talked about a bunch of different, like egregious ones and non egregious ones. And, mm-hmm. you know, do you think that we've, we've helped people to make those decisions? 
Well, I mean, I, th- I hope that we have, and I hope that um, if for everyone listening, there should be at least one item that we covered that perhaps they experienced or thought. And I think there's also a part of this that's validation, right? You know, so you're not the only one that's looking at, you know, this $800 unit and saying, do I really need to spend $800 on this? Yeah. You know, you're not the only one that, you know, you thought you were going to get 400 pounds of tomatoes, you know, because you grew it in this particular container. And you're like, you know, I got 10 tomatoes, 10 single tomatoes, right? Like, like these things, you know, happen. And it's not that I don't think that the the gardening um, community and that genre is any worse than some of the other you know, kind of businesses that are out there. But there is absolutely, when it comes to the product of vegetables and flowers, there's absolutely a visual appeal to many, many people. And that's the reason why I thought we started off with that one, you know, in the first part of this. And it was probably the most egregious. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I just I think that. Oh, go ahead. I think that that was a there wasn't a period, like an invisible period there. I think that um, I would like, and, and, you know, probably next year we'll talk about things like what some of these products are actually producing, which I think is a whole different conversation and probably one that we could, you know, pinpoint in an hour, but I don't know that we want to add any more well, time we to broke, today. We broke the dam open on this one because there was a lot of times over the summer I really wanted to say something, be it, on and you, you can go back into my Instagram feed and notice the stark drop off of when I started talking about that seed company, and mm-hmm. I mean that seed company being Baker's Creek Seeds, just to continue it in part mm-hmm. two. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's when I realized that like something funky's going on. I did some research, and mm-hmm. I started to see that there were some people saying some things, and then I had some side conversations where people were saying the same things, and it really brought a delight, but. If you put it to here, and this is why we'd started the the Patreon. Actually, this is the sole reason why I wanted to start it was because I was in a conundrum where I was like, I want to talk about this and I can't because you never know. And then Batavia, because she's super wise, was like, so if that company came to you and said they wanted to advertise, would you do it? And it was like, well, no. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the, the idea was like, hey, just back off from it completely. And it's more important to me that people know my experience because I have a way to get my voice out there and you're welcome. I mean, look, if you guys buy the seeds or any of the products we've talked about, like that's cool. That's on you. And I respect that. And I do know that there, you know, there's some things that I've grown from them that did really well. And there's some things that did not grow really well. So, and I mean, Batavia and I had constant conversations about this over the summer because I would complain about it. So, um, and I took note of what companies I did grow from and what I didn't. And I noticed the big difference. Yeah. So, and then the same thing with the grow bags, like over the past, what is it? Two years now? Mm-hmm. I've been really listening to people in their grow bag stories. Like, you know, I might see you on Instagram and I might not be commenting, but I'm reading and I'm watching and I'm soaking it in because you're, what you guys talk about is really important. And you're the, you're the people use them. And the resounding thing I'm hearing about those is that they're kind of not worth it for a lot of people. But I also think that there's in all of these products, there are different 
you know, it depends on how you're using it and what you're doing with it. And so there's a lot of variables is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great example of, um, the reason why I think this dialogue is important and I'm, I'm glad that we finally agreed collectively, you and I and Leonard to get here and to have these episodes the reason why i feel like it's important is there's some people that their garden community is super duper small yeah right meaning you know the people that they can actually talk to about gardening could be one other person maybe no one right you know so we all do have most of us have if you're listening you have access to the internet Mm -hmm. right you know and so there are other places that you can go social media you know various platforms being one of them but there's also a lot of good times talked about and not so many bad times, mm-hmm. not so many, you know, you feel like you were duped, not so many. This wasn't a good experience. And even the idea of this not, isn't a good experience, you have to take that with a grain of salt as well. No different than when you're reading reviews. Right. Like, you know, you don't know if that person that didn't have the good experience really kind of followed the letter of the law. Um, I think grow bags continue to be interesting and I'm not waffling on that in particular. I like them and I'll let you all know when I decide I don't, if I decide I don't. Um, But it actually, to me feels like there should be, you know, kind of a warning label with them, if you will. And that's the piece when it comes to this space that always gets up in my crawl, right? You know, like, the things that are, should be obvious, obviously stated that aren't, and you basically have to have someone fall down for them to realize yeah. that. That hurts my garden heart. That's yeah, true. And I feel like people are getting taken advantage of because mm-hmm. we want, you know, I mean, obviously we want to grow stuff easier and more effectively and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's really difficult. So it's, when it comes down to it, you know, oh, I, w- I do want to say this also, when I was buying my seeds um, for the past couple of years from Baker's Creek, I would go through the reviews and I would see people say germination rates are really low. Germination rates are really low. And I saw the robotic response they gave. And that may seem negative what I just said, but in all reality, like I don't pay attention to the germination rates because that is highly variable. And if, I mean, it could be skipping a day of watering. So that's not what swayed me to feel anything or swayed me to purchase anything at all. Now, if I looked at something and every single person was like, nothing germinated. And then, you know, for thousands of reviews and yeah, obviously I'd look at that, Mm -hmm. but just as a whole, like there's so many variables and I myself have made mistakes and not had things germinate that it just kind of is what it is. So mm-hmm. that didn't play into it at all. And you should always be very wary of that and just know that people, it depends on how attentive you are and how much you know what you're doing. And some seeds are harder to start than others. You know, I've been trying to start lavender seeds for years and I've never gotten one to start. So there's that. All right. That's a really important point. I'm glad that we rounded out with that. We rounded out with it. And I'm going to go ahead and call it. So, um, everybody, thank you so much for uh, dealing with us to these past two episodes. Um, we love you guys. And we just want you guys to be informed. And that's really our main goal. Because we're looking out for you, first and foremost. And also ourselves. But, you know. <laughs> so, um, I feel as nervous as I was talking about some of that stuff. I feel like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders and I've done my job. Mm -hmm. So um, thank you so much. If you like what we're doing, give us a like, follow, all that stuff. Check us out on YouTube, both of us. And um, 
until next time, stay safe, wear a mask if you feel so inclined, and uh, grow some food. See ya. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you want to see what we're up to or just stay up to date on all the announcements regarding the show or anything gardening, then you can follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. We love seeing what you guys are doing. So use hashtag BYG podcast in your posts and we'll be sharing your gardens with the Backyard Gardens community. And check us out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens where we will post this show, all of our other shows, clips, and then also some gardening tips and just gardening entertainment. And you can see us at our website at BackyardGardensTV.com. But that's it for today's show. So help us as we learn to grow and grow from change. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. We'll call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.